Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, so here we are on Around the Coin with two guests in person today, George and Danny from SFOX. Uh, We are recording here today in Playa Vista, California. And I'm um, super excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah. We're, we're happy to be here. Mm, yeah. Uh, Danny and I just caught up. George and I just met. Um, George, as the founder, can you give us a little background on SFOX, on how you guys started, what you were doing before this that led to the spark of inspiration that now sure. leads to the team? Yeah. So uh, Edward and I, Edward's my co-founder at SFOX. Uh, We've known each other since 2006. We worked together at stamps.com. And ever since then, we've been trying to figure out ideas to start our company around. Uh, our first company was uh, PlayPass, which was a, uh, an app store, basically Netflix for apps. You pay a subscription fee, and you get all the paid apps for free. That uh, didn't really go anywhere with the apps going free. <laughs> didn't make sense at the time. So around 2013, the end of 2013, is when we shut that down. And we were trying to figure out what our next move will be. And uh, we were looking around. Uh, Edward had this uh, friend that just started a new company called uh, Coinbase. He used to work together at Airbnb. So, like, oh, there's this Bitcoin thing that might be interesting. Like, yeah, I heard about Bitcoin, but like, let's look at it more. I'm not too convinced yeah. about it. But uh, of course, like, we looked into more. We love the, uh, the idea of Bitcoin. We looked at the, the marketplace, and it's, it was super fragmented at the time. We talked like end of 2013. Coinbase hadn't even launched. Um, hadn't even launched ACH yet. Was all wire still, very manual, and the price was even more complicated than that. Like Bitfenix had its own price. You got Bitstamp, five percent away from Bitfenix, and we figured something like S Fox, where it's a, a um, single point of access that gives you uh, access to the entire market, all the prices in one place. You buy, sell the best price at the time. Made a ton of sense. Also, Edward's uh, background in Airbnb was around payments. So I was very interested in the payment side of, uh, of Bitcoin, the international money transfer side, and bringing the whole world closer together through cryptocurrency. And with that, basically, it was just uh, the start of uh, SFOX. Yeah, I remember, those, I remember those days when, like in 2013, 2014, you'd have exchanges all, have exchanges all over the place. And you wouldn't even know, like, you know, you'd, you'd like cross your fingers hoping that if you, when you wired money that your funds would get there because you'd send it to a, to a bank in, like, 
where was it like like in Czech, Czech Republic or something right and you'd have absolutely no idea and then there'd be prices that are like a hundred dollars difference from all the different exchanges out there and it's not due to the volatility or what or, or was it it was just the inconsistency in the pricing between the trading platforms well it, w- it was just that the market was so early um, that you know there were there were markets in different countries and and so the lack of liquidity available it, it was hard to control in like with any, if you look at any you know new emerging market there's always going to be a, a price fragmentation especially with like a new emerging market right right and so you know and during that time when it was like the first time uh, you could actually buy and sell crypto um, every exchange didn't really have a sophisticated market maker there was no there was no infrastructure available so that there could there could be some uniformity and so because of that like you you would just see like different prices all all over the place because think about it if you want to send hundred dollars to uh, like what like internationally it takes about two or three days the bank's gonna charge you like anywhere from 35 to 50 bucks and so be and that that cost that leads to that arbitrage and was the early days scraping the prices from those other sites and and published uh, publishing it on your page or did you guys start uh, integrating with the banking rails right off the bat so no, we did. Uh, so we integrated with all the exchanges that existed at the time, which mm-hmm. at the time was only just Bitfinex and Bitstamp, uh, and we would scrape the data from there, publish them on our own website. But we, uh, with Akbar's background in banking, especially with Airbnb, had a very strong relationship with banks. So like we launched straight out of the gate with a relationship with Bank of America. We're able to onboard people with uh, like easy onboarding, uh, banking on- onboarding, and that helped us a lot in the beginning. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you, as I understand, started in your garage, was working on it within your garage. (laughs) Danny told me he came out after working with Gemini in New York, and you guys are heads down building. Right. What was the focus for the first few years? Where were you guys sprinting towards? Well, it's product, product, product. Yeah. Trying Mm -hmm. to uh, make like a better product, an easier product for people to uh, onboard and understand and be able to take advantage of the market and all the different opportunities to make money. That mm-hmm. exist because the idea was was that um, with crypto you wanted mass adoption right and you take a step back for for something that's uh, that's emerging for it to be adopted you need you need a seamless process um, and so if you if you looked at what was available today at the, during that time when Xbox first started what you had to do to access crypto was to open accounts at every different exchange and then set up banking relationships and then understand how each exchange works with the fees so for that to even grow. You know that, that that whole operation is going to cause so much friction for adoption. So the idea was let's take a, let's take a step back. How do we make this so that enterprises or businesses can easily use it? And so you just want to have one onboarding. You want to have one uniform reporting, and you want to be able to access the best price or the most liquidity. And that's kind of what the idea was. And so like when I joined these guys, when they told me, they was like, look, we want to become. So that, that, that gateway to buy and sell crypto so that you don't have to worry about where to buy, where to sell. All you need to worry about is that when to buy and when to sell. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We'll provide that backbone, that whole layer into it. Got it. Basically realizing that each different exchange is going to have different prices and those will be varying levels of efficiency or uh, uh, higher or lower than you may want to trade at the time. Exactly. And so if you scrape all those together and be the underlying platform to then access those exchanges, it increases the overall efficiency of the market for institutions. And in, 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 do you also view the customer as consumers as well? Or is it leaning more towards institutions or entirely institutions? 
I find that um, I, th- I think it's it's all it's all across the spectrum, right? I mean, what we're seeing it's I, I think what I love about being in so early is that you're you're still getting surprised every single day because you would think that crypto is only applying to one category of customers, but then all of a sudden you start seeing a whole new customers coming in when you have these conversations. You're like, oh, like, like, why are you using crypto? What got you involved in crypto? You start opening all these new doors, right? And when you're traveling across the country, like, you know, or across the globe, every country, every individual has a different use case for crypto, and that's what makes it so beautiful, right? And for us, like, you know, when we may have first started, it was more focused on businesses, sophisticated traders, and, and institutions. But then, you know, that doesn't typically apply to everybody else in the world. Like we do have other clients who are maybe your 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 retail customers internationally, or we have actual businesses who are using crypto for different reasons, and so I think that's like that's part of it. Like it's just like there's so many different users out there. And I also think that uh, I think crypto actually changed the landscape a little bit because in the past, if you don't like when you feel like just equities, uh, there was a clear distinction between here's a pro trader, here's a retail customer, and here's like a fund. This one gets one view. This one gets a different, simple view. In crypto, everybody knows about level two order books, right? Like in equities, no one even sees an order book. Mm-hmm. But now I get friends that are just graduating college that know everything about the order book, the level two, That's and so how true. to analyze the, the mm-hmm. order book. You don't have that in equities. So I think the lines have blurred a little between the different classes of uh, traders. Do you think that's that's in the, because the consumers for crypto are more sophisticated or willing to learn more off the bat to trade? The bar is higher than... Well, I think it's it's native to the current culture and the people that, are like the new generation, they understand this better. Like they are born with computers. They have iPads mm-hmm. their whole right. lives. They have uh, computers. They understand how to read this technology better. And to them, it's just, it just makes sense. You have all these offers. I want to get to here. Yeah. I'll make money if I do this. Mm. And it's just to them, it's natural. Mm. And, if, so, and yeah. if you think about it, it's like the people who first started in crypto, it was engineers, right? People who yep. had like, you know, engineering backgrounds. And so like they were able to develop bots or they were able to develop like integrations. So then they wanted more information. Yeah. While stock, like equity traders are more just like a point and click or you're just like, you know, going on the computer and like, you know, you're looking at more, what do you call it? Like, uh, like I guess more economic details of, of yeah I think mm. like they were, think about equities more of as an investment and they think about crypto more as trading yeah, yeah. yeah. it kind of makes sense that they would evolve in that sort of concentric circle because it just is software and yeah. so the initial builders are going to be the ones to understand it and create it and right. then when it's viewed as something valuable and measurable and trustworthy then the traders the equity markets come into the space followed by you know, everyone else, right. Paris Hilton tweeting on Twitter, <laughs> eventually at the at the highest point Twitter ever was. <laughs> so what does the name mean? What does SFOX stand for or represent? So in the beginning, it, it represents San Francisco Open Exchange. That's where like the main headquarters of the company was and that's where it was going to be built. Uh, but I think that we transcended the name now. Now it's just SFOX, right? Like, I don't think it stands for anything at the moment. It's yeah. just what the, the company is, the culture of the company and the product of the company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like you know, part of it is like the you know, open exchange, right? And I think like a part of our idea was always to be transparent to the market, and to, by being transparent, it's showing that by connecting all the order books or liquidity providers out there, seeing what's available, you're being able to see what's open and what's available for an exchange. Um, so that's that's always been part of our thesis yeah. of or mission, really, is that you know be transparent with everything because crypto is already cryptic, right? It, it's 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 hard to understand for a lot of people. So why make it more complicated? Let's try to make it as easy as possible. Totally, yeah. totally. Very true. So, so fast forward, where is XFox in the future? How do you sort of see the different P 
pieces of crypto playing out, the companies specifically playing out so that you guys are where you want to be? Is that something you continue to figure out as you go or do you have a like crystal clear view as to where you want to take the company? Well, I mean, the, the industry as a whole like, is still very young, yeah. right? We're still evolving. Uh, for us, like, uh, like uh, Danny said, we're, op- we're aiming to be the open platform that provides the services around crypto for the, the masses, right? Yeah. So from single point of access, all the way to all the ancillary services around cryptocurrencies, from like securitization, wherever the market goes, like that's where we're going to be evolving towards. Uh, and yeah. Like, so, so was this, uh, so the MY Safra, we right. practiced saying that word correctly before the show. <laughs> uh, how did that come about and what does that represent to both you guys and to people who would potentially use yeah. SBOX? So part of that was um, <clears throat> when we, you know, with, with SBOX, the idea was like, you know, being like a foundation, right? Like that open platform. And so we, as again, like we mentioned earlier, was that you know we want to make it as easy as possible for for mass adoption. We understood from the equities piece, and we were looking at like history, like what what did we learn, or what did the history tell us, what to do, and you know like things to do and what things not to do. One of the main things from a traditional sense was that you know we learned that a lot of people want to make sure that their funds are secure, right? And one thing that happened that was like a big thing was back during the financial crisis, there was a incident with MF Global. They were a big asset management firm, and what happened was that all their funds were commingled. And because of that, you know, when they went bankrupt, um, for investors to retrieve their money, it took them over, like, it took them a couple of years because everything was pulled together. And so when we were talking to our investors um, and talking to our partners, they were like, look, we want to make sure at the very least that our USD is secure. So how do you go about that? And so we started talking to a lot of banks and making sure, like, you know, can we have segregated individual accounts so that when you open an account, you can know that safely that your funds are separated, they're not going to be misappropriated, um, it's going to be in your name. And so that was part of the foundation because we wanted to make sure that if we could get the USD level and the crypto, crypto side safe and, and sound, that's going to be building blocks for other products to be built on top of it. Because the first piece for any new business is, to making, is making sure that customers feel safe with their funds. Right, and that and that's where kind of we where we worked on. Mm-hmm. So that actually that project took about a year and a half. We were sounds like light speed for banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> we, we 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 lucked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. And th- was it choosing them or did they choose you? I suppose in some ways it was a beautiful marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, to be honest, like what, what what happened was, you know, banks are still learning how crypto works, right? So it's an education process. And, you know, sticking to our ethos was being transparent. So we told them, like, look, this is how it works. We were educating them and consulting them. Like, this is what crypto is. This is how it works. This is how our business model works. And this is what we can do. And we allowed them to educate us as well. And that kind of, like, fared well because we just, like, we are learning from them. They're learning from us. Mm -hmm. And we're sharing our visions together. And we're saying, all right, how do we go from a traditional sense to a new innovative area? Hmm. And so by working together, they felt more comfortable knowing that this is not going to be a short-term thing. It's going to be a long-term, bigger project. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What things do you see now that you hadn't when you started? In other words, what uh, assumptions did you make that turned out to be wrong or different or you sort of were surprised about something along the way? Does anything come to mind? 
I mean, I mean, for me, it's mainly like the, the ICO market. That ICO, market. yeah, that, that, really, yeah. <laughs> that caught me completely off guard. Like, I did not the, know the explosion that. of it or the collapse of it. The the, the explosion, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the collapse. Sure. I think was uh, yeah. was was predictable. Was predicted? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the the that sheer velocity uh, of how quickly that market increased um, and people, how much people were raising and everywhere. That really caught me off guard. How many white papers? White papers. How many and, people were like ten-year veterans in crypt- <laughs> cryptography? <laughs> yeah. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, that's that's where MIT like paid off. But if you if you had a if you if you went to school in MIT oh, or Harvard, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that 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 paid off. That gave you you're, you're done dividends. for the next decade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think about how it played out? Do you think it was overkill to? It virtually extinguish the ICO market by I suppose SEC is the largest influential body on that uh, in that department. Well, I don't know. I think like it uh, sort of probably like collapsed under its own weight mm-hmm. because there was a lot of people were just raising on simply ideas, like not even proven concepts or anything. And um, there was so much money committed to all these ideas that people are just now waiting to see okay what's going to work out. Like where should we even make our next bet? Uh, I mean, now we have AEXs, but uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I think people are right now like waiting to see what is going to work. Like, is this idea good? Is that idea right. better? But, but I think what what I see, uh, there's there were obviously a lot of bad things about it because um, there, there were scams and everything. But there was also a lot of positive things that came about it, right? Because it forced a lot of change. Um, that ICO market. It enabled, it opened up that whole door for anybody from anywhere to invest in anything, right? And it gave that opportunity for, for individuals to have that power ownership saying, you know what, I like this idea. I want to invest into it. Regardless right? of what country you're in, exactly. how old you are, yeah. And it, 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 it kind of like, kind of like rooted back to the original purpose of what crypto was, was to like peer-to-peer electronic payments, right? You have control and doing what you want with it. And so like that really, I think, you know, helped a lot because now you have... So many people understanding it and researching, you know, blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto in general, and just learning more about this whole new innovation. Mm-hmm. And then now you have the younger generation getting more involved, becoming more financial savvy, mm-hmm. all because of the, you know, granted, it was like there, there were a lot of gains from it. But, you know, people now are just naturally more interested. Now I have like even like people who I never thought would have gone into like finance, like financial services or like just diving deep into it because they, they care about it so much. And yeah, much different than when you were in banking, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that banking doesn't have the best reputation now, um, and it seems to be soul-sucking in some sense. <laughs> so to pull people out of that into crypto is probably a, a move forward for general humanity. <laughs> um, any any ideas you have on, on any contrarian ideas, something that you feel strongly about or you feel is true that most other people would disagree with you on? Man, contrarian ideas. I have a lot of them, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you seem right like now. that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. We used to talk about this a lot, right? Like, do, do you, anything comes to mind? I, I like, it's funny, like, I always want to talk about this, and then when it's brought up, I always blank out. Yeah, I know. Let me, <laughs> let me, uh... Let's see. So the general view of crypto is that uh, it, it's it's down now. It it you know is in this stage of rebuilding. That companies are going to get funded. That it's a long term gain. That governments will maintain some centralized control. That AML KYC will be influential for the long run. That people are not going to be able to obtain crypto anonymously in large amounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that it should, in some sense, 
displace a lot of the banking system yeah uh or the banking system would need to evolve in some way right yeah actually uh, so going to that i think it's like there's some things like i think like blockchain technology itself um i believe in it um it's just that we, we still have a long way to go um people believe that you know all these new protocols are gonna you know can make change and do it but there's a lot of infrastructure there's a lot of change like like it's like lego blocks right like in order to change a structure of an industry you have to take off and like you know remove all these blocks before you can change it and it's not just the technology that's going to come in and immediately change everything it's going to take some processes and, and time to adjust to it right so you know I, w- I would say blockchain right now as much as like i believe in it i, I still say that we still got about like three to five years before we start seeing some movement with it like people are researching it and, and like, investing in a lot into it but you know what people are building products for, I, I kind of find it's like it's like a, an enhanced database. Mm. Like it's if if this happens, then do this, right? But it, it's it, I've been I've been having a hard time finding out like what's a real good use case for a distributed piece other than currency and say identity, right. probably a, an analogous second, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's my two cents, really. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like another idea is like probably something that you touched on before with the SEC. I think you know, one of the benefits of uh, the uh, ICO markets is that it's given the SEC a pause, right? Like they haven't come up with a rule yet on what's a security, what's not a security. They've always been vague because I don't think they know what to do, mm. right? Like they still want people to probably invest because they, they saw the opportunity there and the benefit uh, to people and they don't want to shut it down completely. So I don't know. I think the SEC probably might gonna surprise us and might not shut the door completely on ICOs, and might leave a little crack for like the legit ones. Yeah, yeah. it does seem that they have the best intentions, but yeah. are if patient. Right. Definitely, like shut it down early yeah. and done a lot of damage, but they've been holding back. So it's a positive sign. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it just sucks though because it's also it's like because they ha- they can't come to a firm decision. It also like holds off on innovation because now people don't know what to do. Yeah. There's no clarity, right? So because it's, it's very gray right now, you know, people are kind of just sitting on the sidelines. If there was a little bit, and I, I, I'm all for regulation. There should be regulation because pe- too, too often people get scammed. But I, I wish there was also a little bit more of a, a firm stance of like, this is, this is what we can do, this is what you can't do. So that at least we have a, to a degree of a direction of what's appropriate and what's not. Because, you know, we could be building a product and then all of a sudden they say you can't do that. And that's like two years or three years of, of time being spread. Exactly, huh. yeah. How much does the U.S. regulation or the U.S. customer base play into the business? Is it in terms of percentage of the customers? Is it a majority, minority, or? Yeah, um, you know, it's not, not even just ourselves, but the industry itself. Um, there was recent data that came out that um, a majority of people trading, it comes from the U.S. It's the U.S., Asia, Latin America, and then Europe. Um, it's funny, it's like, and I was speaking with some clients, um, and they were like, yeah, like, and there's still like people in Europe, um, there's, there's pockets of people who are still interested in crypto, but there's still an education process going on where they, they're still sitting on the sidelines. But what we're seeing a lot of the volume, not just internally, but, you know, just across the market, um, you know, institutions from businesses and, and on the U.S. side are very interested. And then, you know, from when you go, when you look at Latin America or Asia, all of that is really a lot more retail. Like um, I, I think I told you about my trip in Asia a couple of years, like last year, two years ago, where I was talking to a lot of exchanges, and they were saying about, you know, anywhere from eighty to ninety-five percent of their customers was all retail, which was amazing. Hmm. And are you guys? What's the distribution of SFOX customers? Are they international, distributed across the same 
general distribution, say Kraken or Bittrex or other exchanges, or do you see some? Yeah, I mean, so we what we have is you know we we primarily focus on the U.S. Um, and we'll take on business entities uh, internationally based on regulation, you know, where, wherever it's appropriate. So, you know, we'll, we'll see customers coming in from, say, some someplace in Asia, someplace in Latin America, but for different use cases. Um, and in the U.S., it's really across the spectrum. Right? Like we partnered with um, Blockchain.com, and all their users who want to buy and sell are actually buying and selling directly with us because we provide that single point of access. Uh, in fact, like, you know, the reason why Blockchain kind of wanted to use us was allow them to go to market very quickly. Um, and so, you know, we see a whole bunch of natural retail guys coming in, buying and selling because they just want crypto. They heard, they heard it from a friend or something. But then across in the U.S., we also have a lot of sophisticated traders, high net worth individuals. Um, that's really from, you know, that's all, that's global. Really. Mm. So, yeah. what, what projects or people excite you or impress you? Mm. What, pro- like what projects? Uh, Is it what companies or uh, initiatives or white papers or people do you think are underrated yeah i mean i mean well i find um you know you know what actually always surprised me was was abra right abra yeah yeah because one thing about them was was that they really just wanted to become a you know a simple you know like a, pay, a payment solution right but when the crypto phase happened um they had to immediately adjust because it was growing so fast that they started realizing that their customers were actually like buying and using their platforms to buy and sell and holding crypto, but then they were never really set up to, to become that, and so they had to quickly, quickly adjust. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, one project I liked a lot is uh, Drive Chain. I don't know. If, uh, Drive Chain. Yeah, Drive Chain. He's been the the main developer behind Drive Chain is uh, Peter. Can't pronounce his last name, but he's a very smart guy. Uh, he knows uh, prediction markets really well. I was like listen to his uh, talks and read his paper. Like he's really smart. And DriveChain is one of the main projects that's trying to do side chains on Bitcoin, which is like a very big project that actually, if it does work, will be like huge news for uh, for Bitcoin. So that if that works out, I'm really excited like for to see what he's gonna take it. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, yeah. and like Origin is pretty cool too. So Origin is like disintermediate disintermediating the, uh, the 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 intermediaries for like, you know for. Um, not payment pro- like for the really the payment processors, right? So if you're, if you're doing an Airbnb or something, it eliminates all that payment processor side. Um, mm-hmm. And like those guys have been working on this for the past two years now, and like the progress they've made is, is pretty pretty awesome. I can't, I can't they just released their their beta, and I think they're 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 going public fairly soon, so it's pretty interesting. Mm. Do you guys attend conferences, crypto conferences? Any any the, coming up or that stand out as ones that are particularly relevant? You know, that you guys attend? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we used to always attend the, the main ones. Um, you know, we went to the Consensus, we went to CIS and a few others. Um, and that was really more back in the day. Because um, now it's come like, you know, we, like, we've been in the place, we've been, we've been in the industry for like four or five years now. We know a lot of the folks. Um, so it's really now a point of just really to catch up with a few guys. Um, but, like, you know, we'll, 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 we're, we're more, excuse me, we'll more often attend and just see, like, you know, say hi and everything, but not really too much, too, haven't been really too active in the, in the conference space. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you guys focus on growth? Is it through sp- one specific channel, word of mouth, or? Yeah, just give Danny more coffee, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, just, let's leave. Uh, yeah. No, like, I mean, like, for us, it, it's, you know, we've been, a lot, we, we first started off with word of mouth, right? And yeah. a lot of our investors, you know, 
they came from the VC side, you know, and like you know, they just recommended a few, you know, family offices and so forth to start using us, and then that was a trickle effect. Got it. They loved our platform. They started sharing it, right? And now we're taking a more proactive approach and and going on more of the media side, doing more interviews. Um, you know, we're actually part. We've actually partnered with like another media partner to help you know get our name out even further. So that's what we've really been doing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what would be helpful for you guys? Is there any any final message you want? listeners to know or things you guys are looking for anything whether it's hiring people or getting any news out or raising money or uh, promoting any products yeah I, I think um, like, I think at the end of the day it's you know we want to make the market as transparent as possible and, and very easy for anyone to buy and sell and so you know we understand people are using other other platforms and so forth but you know if you really look at our platform from a stand like if you stand back that makes your whole life a lot easier if you just open an account with one one platform and have access to all the different liquidity providers um, out there. It makes your life a lot easier. Um, and so, like, what people should be aware of are a lot of the hitting costs when you're trading, especially like you don't realize that you're you're, you're paying a lot more than you should be, you should, like you actually realize. So when you're trading, not even like when you're trading, just make sure when you look into how much you're paying because you'll you'll be you'll be surprised at the end of the day like <laughs> how much you missed out on. Not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and if we're always hiring, so uh, any smart engineer out there, definitely send your resume. So Cool. Yeah. And what's the best way for people to reach you guys? Twitter or email or? Twitter, for sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm addicted, unfortunately. So <laughs> what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's your Twitter handle? I'm uh, a middle initial last name, so G Malika, M-E-L-I-K-A. Yeah. And I am Mr. Kim Crypto. Yeah. Nice. That's a fantastic Twitter handle. Right. <laughs> a lot of competition. Yeah, a lot of competition. Mr. Kim Crypto. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been really fun. I enjoyed talking with you and wish you the best of luck. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the hosts, co-hosts, and guests appearing on the show and do not necessarily reflect the view of the owners and producers of the show. Paid advertisements in form of audio announcements may appear throughout the show, including this one. Advertising can also include print and other digital formats. The owners and producers of Around the Coin do not endorse or evaluate the advertised product, service, or company, nor any of the claims made by the advertisement. All programs are subject to a one-time charge for professional editing fees, for which the interviewing guest or guests may have contributed towards. The owners, producers, hosts, co-hosts, and guests on the show are not financial advisors. Any investment advice or opinion cited during the show is for information purposes only. None of the content is intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for investment advice. If you believe there's been any violation of your copyright, trademark, service mark, or any other type of intellectual property, please inform us in writing by sending an email to legal at aroundthecoin.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.